Welcome to your Truth Revealed podcast, helping you experience empowered healing. I'm Erica Marcoux, and with a master's in counseling psychology, I share with you the power of self-knowledge, exploring your hidden physical and mental health potential. I'm eager to share how I'm healing from chronic Lyme disease as I interview helping professionals. I share my journey because now more than ever, collectively, we are suffering from chronic inflammation, fatigue, and anxiety. I provide reasons why and how to thrive once again. This episode marks the beginning when Dr. Tanisha Wards asked me questions about my persistent and mysterious symptoms. I think telling your story, very powerful, and thank you for sharing it, can help people get a diagnosis sooner, get help sooner versus suffering for decades. And if we can do that for one person, I think it's worth telling your story a hundred times. Tanisha is a functional medicine doctor. She personally healed from Lyme disease, the Epstein-Barr virus, and Hashimoto's. From her training with top doctors in the United States and her personal experience, she treats her patients holistically. Listen as she asks me questions about my symptoms that finally lead to an accurate diagnosis and effective treatment. Erica, your journey has been long and your story goes back deep. Why don't you Mm -hmm. start from the beginning and kind of tell us what your symptoms were, what drug you in the doctor's offices to begin with? From like 2009 to about 2017, I was super busy with my private practice as a counselor, teaching meditation and yoga, doing events and workshops. I did business mindfulness training for executives and was basically juggling two businesses at the same time, meanwhile raising a preteen. And boom, I just started spiraling down. And I got to the point where I couldn't sleep. That was so uncomfortable. And I didn't understand why I was having so much difficulty. It went on for about six months. I just kept saying to my husband, I don't feel right. I don't feel right. I can't even function. I don't even want to leave the house. And that's not my personality. Mm. Like, I like being out and doing things, but I didn't know how I was going to feel. It was awful. I would call this section in your life kind of a busy mom syndrome section. Oh, yeah, I think so. Running a practice a second business, you know, preteen, which should be manageable, right? Like if we should ourselves, right? That (laughs) should be manageable to an extent, but you felt something was not right and it wasn't manageable. No. And it kept getting worse and worse and worse. Eventually it was Thanksgiving of 2017. And I remember laying there and trying to go to sleep. And I said, David, I cannot do this one more night of just laying here, feeling agitated, feeling sick, and not getting any rest. I know that if you don't get enough sleep, you start to hallucinate, which I wasn't quite yet, but I was on the verge of just like, what is reality? And I asked him, I begged him to take me to the hospital, and he wouldn't. And Mm -hmm. I think there was some denial there. And not wanting it to be as bad as it really was. And I called my mom. She took me straight to the hospital. 
And they said I had an anxiety disorder and insomnia. They might not have been wrong, right? You hit a place of delirium when you're not sleeping. Exactly. Think of that movie Fight Club, right? <laughs> like you hit a place of what's reality and what's right. not. And I hear right. that a lot from my patients with specifically Lyme and mold when they can't sleep. They get into a twilight state yes. during their day sometimes. And that causes anxiety. Then you get into a feedback loop of what's real, what's not, what am I saying, what am I doing? That's a whole nother syndrome all in itself. Yeah, I remember a social worker at the hospital highly encouraged that I go to outpatient psychiatric care, and this included group counseling and appointments with a psychiatrist and nurse, and it would take place in a clinical setting during the day, which just was kind of funny for me because being a counselor and being Mm -hmm. on the other side of all of this, I was like, okay. The reason why I chose to go to outpatient was they had a nurse and a doctor I wanted to be monitored on the medication. I have mental health issues in my family. And being in the field, you know too much. It made perfect sense getting a diagnosis of anxiety. Well, you didn't question it. No, I didn't. Yeah. And they thought you were on staff. Yes. I had a lot of empathy for the guy who was leading us in group because he was young and beginning his internship. I have no idea why I did this, but I raised my hand. I said, can I lead everybody through meditation? I love it. Yeah. We can't help ourselves, can we? I can't even help it. And then he let me and he, well, that was really good. And he said, when's the last time you saw a client? And I said, about two weeks ago. And he just was shocked. And yeah, several of the patients thought that I was staff. This is why I love your story, and I think it's so powerful, (laughs) because you have been on both sides of this. You've been a practitioner, you've been a patient, you can understand both sides, and you've seen the holes in the system that we'll get to and talk about at some point in our journey. How long did the outpatient psychiatric care go on? Mm -hmm. Did you you feel like that pulled you out of something? What was the next steps? I think it really did. I was there for maybe a week. I was sleeping maybe 11 hours at night. We went to London in July, and I did pretty good, but I wouldn't say that I was healthy. I still felt like there was something behind the scenes that was not right. But you were functional. I was functioning, and now I know when I was sick that it was a flare-up. My body was inflamed because my immune system was defending itself. Basically, your body was able to recover some to be functional, but I tell people this all the time. You're the only one in your body. If you know know something's not right, it's probably not right. Hanging on to that and knowing, but also what's the alternative? You have to trudge forward. Yeah. I purposely went to an integrative psychiatrist who I've actually interviewed on this podcast before, and his name is Dr. Brent Turnipseed. What makes a psychiatrist an integrative psychiatrist? He educated me about supplements. He was the one that said, we really need to get you a physical We need to make sure that there's no underlying illness. Mm -hmm. But here's the catcher. We didn't catch anything. They're not just looking at it from a Western medicine scope. He's looking at mind, body, and looking at lifestyle. That's really great. He was onto something. He knew something was causing these episodes, these issues, your inability to function. And if we look at my symptoms at that time, when I would lay down, I would feel the stinging go from the base of my spine up to my head, and it felt like it was vibrating. I believe now maybe that was my nervous system. Stimulated or overstimulated. Yeah, and my knees felt weird, like jelly. I couldn't trust that they were going to function right when I walked. 
kind of like if you got off a really crazy roller coaster. Yes. (laughs) I've heard that before. I've had multiple patients. I feel like my knees are going to give out. That would have been a red flag for me at the time that it could be Lyme disease. Spoiler alert. I had something very similar. We're going to talk about it at some point. Also, the symptoms that move and attack different organ systems, including the nervous system, including the digestive system, is another big red flag for Lyme. It doesn't look the same in any patient. It mimics other things, and it looks like 10 different things at once. It's a hard, hard thing to diagnose because of that. But the knees would have tipped me off at the time. But to probably most practitioners, well, that's weird. What's going on with your musculature? That's how you spent the last couple years. Weird symptoms, working with a psychiatrist who knew there was something but didn't find it. You were able to get your practice back up and going after that stent. Oh, it's raining. I think I took one month off total from seeing clients. I think that speaks to your sheer will and tenacity as a person to heal and to be better and to be normal, right? A lot of people don't do that when they feel so bad. They can't do that. And at that time, I did want to look at my neurotransmitters. I took that to my integrative psychiatrist and I said, I think I'm on the wrong med. I need to be on this med and actually ended up being a better choice. Again, relying on yourself, your own clinical experience and knowing your body reminds me of a quote by Beyonce that says, I've learned that it is no one else's job to take care of me, but me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to be our own advocates sometimes yes. because doctors are human and the more specialized They're not looking at the whole body. Mm -hmm. I had a mentor say the more specialized a practitioner, the dumber they get because they- Oh, I agree. Yes. (laughs) They're looking through a smaller scope. You knew in your body, this isn't right either. Right. And I guess because I've been a practitioner for so long, I don't expect somebody else to have all the answers. I do choose the people that I want to help me very carefully, but I don't What is the white coat syndrome? God complex. Yeah, none of that. And I think it's worth pointing out you, somebody who's educated and a practitioner, and how hard your journey has been to get to the root, to get to the cause. And you're above average in education, in medical knowledge, probably also medical intuition, knowing you. Imagine what people that aren't in the field have gone through. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It's hard to watch. I've cried with so many patients on their intake listening to this. One of the major motivations for doing the podcast, and I'm writing a book about it also, is to help people understand there are options. I've been through all this. I want other people to benefit from it, not just me. If I learn something, I'm going to share it quickly, even if people don't want to hear it. We absolutely share that mission, and I am in awe of you for your vulnerability in using this platform to do it. Because a little scary. Absolutely. Okay. Vulnerability is, right? Yes. But again, people need to hear it, and if we can't share our story to help others, why the suffering if we can't pay it forward and help somebody? It can't be pointless. And that's a motivator for me. I'm still on that journey But it's because of people like you that have gone through something similar and made that your mission to help other people. I just see the collective that we keep advancing. And I think that's the whole point. Take us up to uh, the moment before COVID. I think we can all remember like January, February, March, 2020. And it was still a lot of unknowns with COVID. We didn't know what the world was doing. Everybody's in fight or flight. We're losing people that we know. To not feel well through that, I can't imagine. 
Are you ready to rediscover your spark? Dr. Tanisha Wards offers natural healing backed by science. You can heal the root cause of your chronic fatigue and mystery illness, and you'll receive help from wherever you live. Simply go to yourtruthrevealed.com slash infinity. Take us up to the moment before COVID. Kind of walk us through that to now. Yeah, around that time, I was sick for a few months, and I knew that crappy feeling. I could remember when I was 12 years old when I had mono, and again, it wasn't my doctors coming to this conclusion. I had to rely on myself and asked to get the test, and sure enough, it was positive, and it seemed like I just didn't really recover. In September of 2020, we moved into our house on an acre and a half of which we're at now. Mm -hmm, Beautiful. I love this place. That December, I remember wrapping my dad's present for Christmas Eve and I couldn't breathe. I was gasping for breath. David was there with me. I said, I need to go to the hospital. And this time you're taking me. And Mm. it was kind of a, (laughs) we're not going to go through what we've been through before. I started having a panic attack on the way over there because I couldn't breathe, and that's really scary. And I get there, I said, can I get a breathing treatment? And they said, well, I don't think you really need it. And I said, let's do it anyway. Good for you. (sighs) They did, and they sent me home. You weren't having a heart attack or cardiac arrest. And that is where emergency medicine is needed. But if all of that looks okay, they have nothing else to offer. Exactly. And now looking back, that was when cedar was really starting to peak. I was having a massive allergic reaction. That was scary. That January, I noticed my balance was starting to get bad. I live in a two-story house, and I fell down the stairs. And then I fell again just walking out the front door. That was not normal. There was just no explanation for it. Were your knees feeling like jelly at this time too, or was it truly balanced and neurological? I think it was more balanced and Mm -hmm. neurological. Then I had so much inflammation in my nose that I couldn't breathe at night. I had these major (laughs) nose strips. Mm -hmm. You know, I would always have a little bit of glue on my Attractive. Yeah, it's great. My allergist said, well, I think you should get nose surgery. I had four different procedures done to help open up all the sinuses. But in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking, why do I have so much inflammation? Definitely cedar causes inflammation and a histamine reaction. We now know something about your house that we didn't know then, that there was mold exposure in the house, which also causes inflammation and histamine. We now know that you have some methylation issues, meaning you're a poor detoxer. The surgery was probably hard on you with anesthesia and medications and pain meds. That has to be detoxed out. That makes sense. In March of 2021, I got my COVID vaccination. And now looking back, I think that what happened is that that caused an autoimmune response. It flared up again. Let's break that down. The COVID vaccine, if it's doing what it's supposed to do, it's causing an immune reaction in your body. It's causing inflammation, whether it's the infection or the vaccine. You started making antibodies against COVID, You were in an inflammatory storm at the moment. None of that you did wrong or on purpose. It was just a string of unfortunate events that really worked your immune system hard. 
And that was when my symptoms got to the point where I had to stop working again. I noticed my energy was super low, excruciating headache. I went to a neurologist and she said, how many headaches do you have a week? And I said, you're, you're, you're not getting what I'm saying. They don't ever go away. It's not mm. like there's a beginning and an end. And they kept trying to pinpoint it as a migraine, but that didn't seem right. They put me on medication and I realized I shouldn't have even been taking more than four in a month. But they didn't say that when they prescribed it. I had to read it on the fine print, which at that time I could barely read. That's concerning. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't see very well. And memory loss, again, the balance got really bad. The wobbly knees started again. Muscle aches. I felt like I had the flu, but it's not exactly like having the flu. It's like my muscles felt stiff and fluidy if that makes sense. The way I described it was it was deeper than the flu aches. It's almost in the bone. Yes. Or the synovial like fluid in between your joints. Like it's yeah. deeper than just aches of the flu and it doesn't let up. My neck was in so much pain and so stiff that I couldn't really move it. I started going to a physical therapist and I have interviewed her also. She's in the episode about pain, if you want to listen to that. She said at some point, I think that we're just going to have to give up here. Mm. She said, I don't want to do that, but you're not making any progress. And we had even done dry needling, mm -hmm. which is extremely painful. Yes, it is. I said, do whatever you need to do to alleviate this constant pain. And she placed thin needles into muscular trigger points in my neck. And it's supposed to increase blood flow and reduce pain, but it didn't do anything. You know, physical therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists are the first line of defense often to see a Lyme disease patient. I think it's missed a lot because people are in pain and that's where they seek first. I agree. After I went to physical therapy and she said, really, I think it's an autoimmune issue, I had a routine allergy shot, which I had been doing for almost three years. Like, not a big deal. I felt kind of like a panic attack was coming on and I couldn't breathe very well. One of the allergy doctors said, well, you're going into anaphylactic shock. And it was his first shot. I heard him say that to the, the nurse. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, no. Yeah. I was laying down. And sure enough, I just shot straight up. And I went, <gasps> and I could breathe. That was just very bizarre. Again, this whole inflammation cascade I think yes. you were in. He was one of the coolest doctors. He said, you definitely have an autoimmune issue. Let me order all this blood work. And then the ANA was positive. It's definitely an autoimmune disorder. Yes. I did get the MRI of the neck and that came back normal. And it took me two months to fight with my insurance company to get an MRI of my head, which was just ridiculous. We have one of the best insurances. There was no reason. And you're having headaches for months at this oh, time. Months A consistent months. headache. Five or six months. Without any relief. Right. When I got the results from the MRI of my head, it came back normal. And then I found a rheumatologist. I had provided her with two sheets of symptoms explaining my history. She didn't read it ahead of time. Didn't really take the time to read it in the doctor's appointment. She apparently screens for like six major autoimmune diseases. And the kinds of questions she was asking me were just unrelated to any of my symptoms. 
Do you get massive rashes all over your arm? I just did not feel heard or seen. Basically, she asked you a bunch of questions to roll out lupus with the rashes. Again, you didn't fit into a box. I said, I've got an appointment with a functional medicine doctor. She said, yeah, that's probably your best bet. And I did go back to her once I got my diagnosis for Lyme and no response. I remember you telling me that. You would expect someone to say, oh, tell me about that. How did you figure it out? What did we miss? I did the same thing with my primary care physician. I had even sent him a video for doctors to help them notice Lyme symptoms in case he had another patient. These are things you should be looking for. Yes. I saw him again maybe a year later. He had forgotten that I had Lyme. Does this just make you furious going through this process, or does it make you sad? Yeah, it was anger. How much more information can I give you guys? I'm going above and beyond what most patients do, and you're not meeting me with the same concern. Unfortunately, I think not making excuses for them, they don't know what to do. It was around that time that I started to look at my diet, and I thought, well, if there's anything I can control, it's what I eat. I stopped eating white sugar, stopped alcohol. I stopped eating gluten, thank goodness. The thing I had to give up was exercise. I literally didn't have enough energy to get through the day and do exercise on top of that. Again, not advice from any other practitioners. No. These are just things that you had to figure out, which... I know I'm preaching to the choir, blows my mind that that's not the first thing people look at, diet and lifestyle right. and things. Right. Yeah. And to your point of exercise, stress is stress. The body can only take so much when it's right. fighting. Exactly. And I'm remembering now my physical therapist told me she had a client that was in a similar situation as me, and they went to Infinity Wellness, your practice. No and kidding. I, no kidding. And that's where I think that I filled out some form, but I didn't follow up because... I just don't remember. And that's when I started writing everything down. All the material that I have for the book is because of all the notes. That's part of what I'm doing now is getting all that information back together and making sense of it because I had no memory. You're right, you forget. And you can't describe that kind of brain fog to somebody. Like you had to have done it, but no recollection. That is a scary place to be. It is. My husband left and went to Montana to go visit my daughter. And I wasn't cognitive enough to be like, we need to get all the food ahead of time to make sure that I have enough to eat for the next week. And I was really hungry and I didn't have the energy to cook. I ordered something gluten-free. I got in the car. I think I even had GPS on. I went to the wrong location. Mm. It took me forever to get to the place. And then I realized I had ordered grain and it couldn't eat any of it. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to function with David gone. Would you say that was your lowest moment? Yeah. And now that I think about it, it was probably around September, 2022. And my neighbors suggested that I reached out to you. And I finally did. You and I went through my whole history and I felt sad for me. Like, oh. just saying all of the things that I've been through, this is, this is bad. And I remember you said, I'm about 95% sure you have Lyme. You ordered eight vials of blood. It doesn't bother me. But I got there, and they started taking the blood. And my 
arms from like my fingertips all the way up to my elbows. And then my feet up to my knees were going numb. I remember that. We still don't know what happened. They said my system was going into shock. Wow. Yeah, your body was like, no more stress. We no can't more stress. This. We can't take this. I could barely walk out of the lab and get to the car. The sun was so painful to my eyes that I even put up the windshield protector around my head while wearing sunglasses. And any kind of noise was just excruciating. Noise sensitivity is a huge symptom we see in neurological Lyme. People can't handle loud noises, crowds. We see that a lot. Your nervous system was just too stimulated. Wow. And then we got all these test results back, and you told me that I had several diagnoses, including Lyme disease. And I thought, well, that's a terrible diagnosis, but at least it's a diagnosis. Yes, I know. When we come back the second visit, this is good news. We have an answer. Although nobody wants this. I would wish this on nobody. And at the same time, we know what to do with it. Hopefully, in the next podcast, we can give people some ideas and directions that they can start healing themselves or find the right people to help them. Exactly. And there is help. And that's what I want people to know, that there are people like you within the community that can help. A lot of unnecessary suffering can be alleviated with the knowledge and being with the right practitioner. And telling your story, again, very powerful, can help people get a diagnosis sooner, get help sooner versus suffering for decades and decades. And if we can do that for one person, I think it's worth telling your story a hundred times. Thank you for having me. I'm excited (laughs) to see where this goes. Absolutely. Your body is designed to heal, and it will when you give it what it needs. You simply need real guidance. You may be tired of having issues like chronic fatigue, anxiety, and GI issues. It's frustrating when you're written off by a traditional medical doctor and told you're fine when you're not. Imagine feeling like yourself again and experiencing optimal health. You want to know the root cause of the issue and regain your spark. This can become your reality. By healing naturally with the Infinity Way program, you'll be guided to find and fix the core of your symptoms and achieve health again. Simply go to yourtruthreveal.com infinity to receive your free ebook and webinar by Dr. Tanisha Wards. You can also apply now for a consult from wherever you live. Let's regain your vitality. In the next episode, Tanisha and I discuss the treatment for Lyme and co-infections, the Epstein-Barr virus, and mold toxicity. The treatment for Lyme through the AMA is a doxycycline cycle. I believe, in my clinical experience, if you can catch it days inside a tick bite. I do believe a round of antibiotics will eradicate it, and it goes away. And that is true. We're talking decades at this point that we potentially could trace it back to. Until next time, please subscribe and rate the show. Also, tune into previous episodes for more on helping you experience empowered healing. I'm Erica Marcoux. Thanks for listening. <laughs>